Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday. A fun show planned of Locked On Blue Devils here today as I've got my pal Josh Cox here with me. We'll discuss Duke men's basketball, talk about some of the former Blue Devils in the NBA, and talk about a variety of different topics in the life of Duke athletics. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. We are your one-stop shop for all things Duke athletics. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, continuing to climb towards 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, and your support always means the absolute world to us. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, let me bring on my good pal from the Section 17 podcast. He is Josh Cox, and he joins us here once again on the program. Hey, Josh, I hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed the long holiday weekend. Good to be here with you. Uh, yeah, yeah, really did. Unfortunately, Duke uh, took the loss um, in basketball on Saturday. But, um, but yeah, uh, other than that, had a good weekend. Tough outcome there for the Duke Blue Devils against Clemson, a, a spot that has been pretty difficult for Duke to play at uh, over the years. What was your biggest takeaway, you think, from that loss for the Blue Devils? Well, number one, Clemson's good. Yeah. Like they, they really are. Like, this isn't one of those, they're really not great, but they've played bad teams, and so they're undefeated. No, they're, they're a solid team, and Brad Brownell's done a great job. Um, and so, you know, P.J. Hall had his way, did whatever he wanted to do against us. Um, and then you couple that with our offensive woes, three for 20 from uh, three-point line, Derek Whitehead, who we spoke about last couple of weeks, who's very key, I believe, who really needs to take a step forward and be a leader on this team, just had a bad game. And those games are going to happen. Um, Tyrese Proctor, once again, just couldn't get the ball to fall in the basket. And so you couple all those things together, going on the road in the ACC against an undefeated team in the conference, and you don't bring your A game offensively, um, you know, you're going to lose. And I'll be honest with you, Duke fans aren't going to hear this. I mean, I actually think the fact that we kept it, what, with eight points, lost by eight, I actually think that was, like, not a moral victory per se, but, like, other Duke teams could have easily gotten blown out by 20-plus uh, in a game like that. So, I, mean, I was actually slightly pleased that we were hanging around. Well, and, uh, there towards and the end. It, it, it is tough. The end result is not what we want to be. This is a Duke team that's now 13-5, and 4-3 and three in ACC play. Uh, we learned yesterday officially on the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday that the AP poll came out. Duke did fall out of the top 25, as we expected. Clemson was not in the top 25, but as a 7-0 and undefeated team in the ACC, they are number 19. There were a couple of different moments in this game that Duke was winning by eight points themselves and then Clemson did a really nice job of utilizing the home court advantage the crowd there was raucous and able to make shots down the stretch to get back into it Tyrese Proctor in the second half was was a no-show offensively but really his first half shooting performances driving ability was really solid it's just a, a bad collection of different halves of basketball played for the Blue Devils and ultimately they came up on the losing end yeah and and you have you know, Kyle Filipowski's numbers looked looked really good. But if you watch the game, he has got to figure out this offensive foul situation. Yeah. Where he just barrels into people, and it's not even close. Like, 
a referee doesn't have to be paying attention and is going to call that a charge every time. And here's the thing about it. Not only are you giving up our potential to score, but you're turning the ball over to Clemson, and that should be uh, that should be a turnover. It should be a points-off turnover because Clemson did beat us in points-off turnovers fairly handily um, Saturday. But I feel like if you count the Filipowski offensive, uh, offensive fouls as turnovers, they probably had even more points-off turnovers. And so that's that could be a six-point swing in that one offensive foul. You know, we could have hit a three. They come down and hit a three. That's six points all because of – like, I don't know if he's not watching film and not right. seeing this, but, like, he gets into that spin move sometimes, lowers that shoulder, they're going to call it. So, like you said, couple that with, with Proctor struggling in the second half, couple it with, like, we didn't have, like, a Jalen Blake's, you know, 13, 15-point game, anything like that. Um, and, and that's a recipe for a loss. Yeah, Duke loses by eight again, 72-64. Those numbers, Tyrese Proctor, five of 15 shooting, two of nine from three-point range. Filipowski had a double-double, 18 points, 14 rebounds, but fouled out, uh, went eight of 22 from the floor, one of five from three-point range. His three-point shooting numbers have really taken a a drop-off since the start of the year, too. Yeah, earlier on in the season, it seemed like he would catch one, you know, within the first two or three minutes of the game. He'd run a pick and pop and, and he'd knock get it down. Look and knock it down, and it would kind of you know open the game up for him. And he just hadn't been able to do that. Um, he's finding other ways to score. I will say, when he makes his mind up that he's going to grab a rebound, uh, nothing really gets in his way. Um, you know, so I love that. I mean, definitely he. I've got no complaints per se, but like if he's going to become an efficient, more efficient basketball player, he has to understand spacing better. He's got to understand where he is on the court offensively. He cannot pick up three to four offensive fouls every game where he's literally barreling over people. That's just not – you're not going to be able to do that, especially when scouts are looking at you for the next level. That just doesn't work. Let's talk a little bit more about what this Duke team can do a long week off for the Blue Devils, and we'll do that after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. This is the perfect solution. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. So that's amazing flavor, and yeah, it's absolutely real chocolate. They've got churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond as various fun flavors there with Built Bar. They're only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bar at Built.com. Well, now you could get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. A big-time win for our friends at Built. Built.com to see the online variety, but you can also check it all out at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Welcome back into today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Weird little break here in the schedule. Duke played on Saturday at Clemson, and now they've got an entire week off. They will not play again until noon Eastern this upcoming Saturday when they take on the Miami Hurricanes, another top 25 opponent. What can Duke do to best capitalize this entire week off? Well, I mean, it's got to – as Coach Shire said at the end of the game or in his, his presser, it's got to begin with the offense, and, and yeah. we've got to figure it out. And uh, I don't know if it's spacing. I don't know if it's the different sets that we need to run. I've got no idea. But I do know this. 
I do know that Derek Whitehead, it would be a good thing for him to have the ball in space where he could create and really try to get a basket. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I know he struggled against Clemson, but that, that was one game. Uh, let's, as we said, if Derek Whitehead's going to be terrible this year, we're not going to do anything come tournament time. So sure. we've got to we've got to give the ball. And then, you know, speaking of highly talented recruits, I mean, I really would love to see a, a second a second dedicated effort, right, for Derek Lively the second. I would love to see, you know, maybe us commit to to him a little bit more. I he has a more polished offensive game, or that's what everyone said. Uh, you know, than a Mark Williams or, or whatnot. But, like, legitimately, he has never gotten the basketball, like, on the baseline for a jumper. Like, I think he's taken one or two threes maybe uh, on the season when they just completely backed off of him. But, like, we, I would love to see us figure something out there. Like, let's see if we can get him going. Because when you have a guy like Ryan Young who is going to be consistent, he's going to come in and he's going to be productive, but you can play him with, like, a freak athlete coming off the bench or them going back and forth – like a Derek Lively, I mean that that does nothing but help us. And so, I would love to see these look. These two guys were the captains of this class, Lively and Whitehead. And it's like it's kind of time to put up or shut up. And uh, and so I'd love to see us figure something out. And then your boy JJ, uh, I think Duke fans are somewhat scratching their head at at a poor shooting Duke team. Yeah, who has a freshman sitting on the bench who has the reputation and who has shown it in the games that he's gotten in that he can fill it up from three and Jaden shoot. And at this point, why the heck not? Yeah. Why not? We are a good defensive team. If he is a defensive liability, the other four guys on the court are good defenders. So like we can, we can cover his back on defense. So let's let him get out there and shoot. I'm sure Duke fans would all echo that because, you know, we sit there and watch us go three for 20 from three and you see a kid, sitting over on the bench there who's like probably a 40 to 45% three-point shooter who's not getting, you know, any time. And so I, maybe you see a way to work him in. You know, we haven't even sp- spoken about the Jeremy Roach injury, but I have a feeling, and I've got no insider info here, I have a feeling this is going to be a little bit of a longer process than what, what originally we thought. And, and who knows, you know, who, who knows when he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, you look at this Duke schedule so far, and, and in the calendar year 2023, Duke has played four basketball games, only one of them – have they scored more than 70 points? They scored 77 against Pitt. It is very obviously an offensive issue, and I'm right there with you. If you're struggling to shoot the basketball, why not give a shooter like Jaden Shoot an opportunity to come in, get some run? Jacob Grandison hasn't necessarily delivered. He played 15, 17 minutes against Clemson, but only gets two shot attempts there. So I think a lot of it is where is the shot distribution going? When Filipowski's shooting 22 times and not the most efficient, it just feels like there are other looks that Duke could be going to there as well. Well, and we have to keep the big picture in mind. I mean, every Duke fan before the season started said, man, we're going to take our lumps this year. We're a young team only returning really one player, and we have a brand-new coach, and we're going to struggle. Well, here we are struggling. Yeah. And, like, it's okay. Like, we – Literally in October, we talked about this very thing going on. And so Duke fans don't need to overreact. This is a first-year head coach. This is John Shire and his staff trying to figure some things out. And then these are kids, man. These are literally kids. These are 18-, 19-year-old kids that are playing college basketball for the first time. Jeremy Roach is not even playing. Our one guy who had experience is not playing. Sure. You know, We're leaning on Jalen Blakes and transfers who are just honestly learning the Duke system themselves. And so, you know, patience as a fan base is always a good thing. There's a lot of chatter that gets going 
on Twitter and whatnot. But, man, patience, and let's just see how this plays out. We're not winning the national title this year. I hate to break the news to you. We're not winning the national title. Let's see how this year plays out. Let's see what happens as we bring in another crop of recruits next year. Let's see where this thing goes, right? That's kind of the mentality we have to take. Still a lot to play for this year, and we'll see what kind of momentum Duke can have uh, in this season for sure. Uh, Still have a couple of really big games against North Carolina that always draws eyeballs. And, um, yeah, we don't want to be too down in the dumps with this Duke basketball team right now because uh, long season, long long season season and a really talented roster as well. All right, let's take our last break here on today's show. And when we come back, we'll talk about a couple of guys at the NBA level who are putting on big-time performances. That's coming up next here on Locked On Blue Devils. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen and first watch each and every day, whether you're listening to us on the podcast platform or on YouTube. We certainly do appreciate your support. What we want you to do now is check out our brand-new podcast this year. We've launched Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know from college basketball in one place. We've got two great insiders in Isaac Shade and Andy Patton who do a remarkable job hosting the program, and you hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on college basketball, it's available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving forward and winding down today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils, I'm J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. How about some of the former Duke Blue Devils in the NBA, Josh? We've got several stars that we love talking about. We'll have another deep, deep dive uh, in the weeks to come. But a couple of individual performances or headlines that folks need to be aware about. Where do you want to start? I mean, well, last week we had the uh, Tyus versus Trey uh, Jones matchup, which was really cool for Duke fans to see. By the way, both of those guys are are really, really solid pro basketball players. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tyus is is like a genius with the basketball. I, I'm sure at some point in time he's going to get his chance to be a number one somewhere, a uh, point guard somewhere. But And for uh, context you know, there, they have played each other before yeah, in their yeah, NBA yeah. careers. It was the very first time they started, started yep. against one another and played a really long game going head-to-head against one another. So anytime yeah. you can get that sibling competitive brother rivalry, uh, I'm all for it. And we got to see that as starters. Yeah, yeah, re- that was really cool. And then obviously we we you know Duke fans we're we're huge Zion Williamson's guys and and fans uh out the hamstring yeah, yeah. out of the hamstring BI still out uh with his injury as well with the Pelicans but what's crazy I was mentioning this to you off air the Pelicans are still hanging around in that top 3 4 uh, echelon of the West and when those two guys get back it could be it could get really really scary on the offensive end of the court uh definitely so that's something to keep our eye out on how serious do you think the Zion injury is? You know, I don't know. I mean, they, they, uh, they're, we know this. We know that the Pelicans as an organization is going to, they're going to be very careful with Zion. I mean, they sat him out the entire season last year. So I think for them to say it's a hamstring tweak, we'll see him in three weeks. I mean, I think that's, that's fair. I don't, I don't think, I think we might see him back on the court. He'll probably take another week after that to get ramped up. And, you know, he'll be back after the All Star break. Maybe I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that'll work. Um, but I don't think it's anything crazy serious. He seems to be staying really in tune with his teammates on the bench. My league pass, you know, I, I burn it up uh, watching the Pelicans as often as possible. And uh, and so they're they're just solid, deep team. And I think Zion's staying – he's staying involved. Whereas last year, he kind of knew he was out for the year and he was yeah. kind of not involved. And so I think he'll be back and ready to go. And then getting Brandon Ingram back will be great. See how those guys can play together. And if they can put it all together – 
they will be an elite, elite team come playoff time. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I also am right there with you in supporting NBA League Pass and the ability to watch all these guys play in so many different teams. A day like yesterday was outstanding. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the NBA had games all day long. And uh, we saw a pretty special performance from Jason Tatum in the state, in the state of North Carolina. What did Tatum do yesterday? Yeah, he, he came to Charlotte, uh, and maybe some Duke fans got to see him, or maybe even some UNC fans yeah. got down there to see him, dropped 51 um, on the Hornets. And so what that has done, uh, this puts Jason Tatum third. I believe he is third in the league in points per game, but he's second in the league in total points. And wow. I'm, actually, I'm actually a big fan of – I wish the scoring leader, the scoring champion – would be the total points person instead of the points per game guy. Because uh, I think there should be something said about guys who who play the most games. So Luca is leading the league not only in, in points per game, but also in total points. Tatum is right behind him in total points. But I love this. Out of this team's 45 games that the Celtics have played, Jason Tatum has played in 43 of them. So he is the Iron Man. He's not Mikel Bridges, who's played in like 900 or whatever straight games. Uh, but he is – 43 for 45 this year. He's leading the Celtics. They're the best team in basketball right now. Uh, they're number one in the East. You know, uh, odds, you know, if you look at, at, at all the different odds makers, you know, they're, they're, the, they're coming out of the East. It should be theirs to lose as of right now. And, uh, I mean, Jason Tatum is just a certified, you know, superstar. And uh, Duke fans, you know, honestly – Duke fans need to appreciate that guy and his talent. Yeah, yeah. so a weird schedule this week for the Boston Celtics because they played the Charlotte Hornets on Saturday as well. So game on Saturday in the Queen City, a day off on Sunday, and then played the Hornets again in the Spectrum Center yesterday. Saturday, Jason Tatum scored 33 points in a win. So over the two games back in the state of North Carolina in the state where he played college basketball – he averaged 42 points in those games uh, and picked up a pair of victories for his Celtics. Pretty good stuff back in the hoop state, man. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do actually like the way the NBA is doing that. I, um, earlier this season, the Magic came up to Boston and did that. Played uh-huh. a game, had a day off and played a game. It was They beat the Celtics, I think, both games. Uh, ben Caro had a couple of good games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the NBA is just trying to like cut down on travel and like load management type stuff. And it, it does make sense. If I'm going to travel down, I might as well play two games instead of playing one. So yeah, but uh, I mean, there's plenty of other Duke guys to talk about. The one rumor I'll just throw out there. Uh, so this is Tuesday. May have, uh, who knows if it'll happen by the time you listen to this, but we're hearing some like Gary Trent Jr. Uh, trade rumors. So Gary Trent Jr. could be, could be on the move. And uh, I'd love to see him land somewhere where they're going after a title. I think he could be a difference maker. Yeah, we'll see how that all plays out and that sort of thing. Josh, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to talk ball with you each and every week. Looking forward to our conversation already. Uh, This next week, we mentioned having a full week off without Duke basketball. But keep in mind, Duke will play on Saturday against Miami. And then, again, they play on Big Monday at Virginia Tech. So we're about to have a span where they've got two games in three short days. So that'll be a whole lot of fun to talk about next week with you. Hopefully there's some wins. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing what Coach Shire and the staff do with these guys during these days off, and I expect to see a rejuvenated team come out this weekend.
Tell people, how, I mean, look, you're the man when it comes to securing Duke basketball tickets. <laughs> we need a great crowd on hand Saturday night against Miami, right? Yeah, yeah. Haven't sure. lost at home yet. Want to make sure that continues at Cameron Indoor. Yeah, I'll give a quick shout out if you're uh, if you legitimately are ever looking for tickets. Um, I'm an admin on Facebook. You can look for uh, the Duke Basketball Ticket Exchange on Facebook. There's right at a thousand members. So Duke Basketball Ticket Exchange. We do our best to keep everything legit in there. We kick out people that are trying to be stupid. Uh, but if you are looking for tickets and you'd like to maybe not pay those secondary market, uh, you know, StubHub fees on top of the ticket price, uh, look that group up and and yeah, interact in there. But you can definitely find tickets if you got the money. And so yeah, be there and be loud on Saturday. Josh, thanks so much. We'll talk again next week, all right? See you, JJ. That's my pal Josh Cox joining us here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Always appreciate him taking the time to chat with me here on the program. That's going to do it for another installment of our show. If you haven't done so, again, press subscribe on YouTube, but leave us a five-star rating and written review on the Apple Podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.